The game is brought to you by Pacers Running Stores. Pacers has five stores in Northern Virginia and D.C. For the best running footwear, apparel, and gear, just stop by or schedule a virtual fitting with the best running experts in the business. Pacers Running exists to help as many people as possible through running. For every run, it's Pacers Running. Our man Tommy T had the same shoes that Josh Harris had in the previous picture of him high fiving. Says he's yeah. not going. Tommy's not going to wear them. Waiting for for week one. I have a pair of Burgundy and Gold uh, KD threes. I think is what yeah. they were way back mm-hmm. when I got married. They were a wedding gift. Uh, you probably can't find any of those at Pacers Running, but our man Stoner did get the hookup, and they found a pair of Burgundy shoes for him so i know if you head out to pacers running you can find the right shoe to put yourself into maybe something burgundy get those nice kicks comfortable kicks for all the running around the house or the stadium that you'll be doing here as the season comes on pacers uh they got you covered for every every uh need that you want there for feet uh gentlemen i have the picture of the the bleachers they look sharp they look Mm -hmm. professional it took far too long for for ashburn to have something like this uh we've all been out to ashburn and experienced just how miserable it is and and i think this will be a great thing for for fans in the long run Mm -hmm. uh now none of us were there today in those stands watching but we did have quite a few people who were watching uh pete haley was there as well josh harris uh and rails were part of the crew that was at the practice and Harris apparently was going to address the team today. Uh, Stoner, what do you, what do you think about Harris showing up and meeting the, the players today at the opening of training camp? Super important, right? You, you need to show your face. You need to go in there and you need to give them the same way he did with the employees last week mm-hmm. after the, the team, you know, the uh, ownership switched hands he went and met with them, fired them up, told them, hey, look, we're going to do everything we can to take care of you as employees so that you can take care of this organization. Same thing with the team. So he goes out there, and I don't know if you saw any of the video of him walking out there. I mean, I mean, he had a strut, right? He had, like, that owner strut. Like, he he was for real. He was coming yeah. out there, and him uh-huh. and Rails were out there. And, and uh, then they addressed the team later on in the day. That's an important thing. To, to be able to talk to the players and basically say, hey, I'm your new owner. We're going to give you every possible opportunity to win, and we're going to get out of your way and, and let these coaches and these front office folks do it. That's a big deal when he goes out there and, and shows his face to the team. Yeah, Trev, a lot of the players were pretty excited about uh, him being there and the ownership change, uh, several of them making comments on it. What do you make of those players and, and their excitement with us on uh, the new owner coming in and, and kind of showing that he is there? Oh, it's Christmas in July, man. These players <laughs> can finally get back to focusing on on football on the field rather than off the field issues with all the ownership changes and the rumors and everything that was going on. So just great to hear them finally get to express how they feel too because during the whole dark cloud era, it kind of mumbles the word. You know, somebody might say mm-hmm. something here or post a cryptic Instagram or tweet or whatever here and there. But now to finally let them have the chance to come out and share what they've been holding in for the past several months is is really awesome to hear. And it's good that that, that the ownership was at practice, too. Like like Sonner said, it's time to let them know, hey, we're not just here for money. We're here because we want to win. We want to be here. We want to do everything we can to help you guys win. And now you guys it's pretty much saying, hey, we got this from here on out. You don't no longer have to worry about it. You just do your part on the field. It would do ours off the field. So it's a great thing. So Gus Bus saying it's the Vince McMahon walk, Mandalorian, <laughs> the Conor McGregor strut. Yeah, uh, right. now, I, now I need somebody to put it to some entry music, right? Make it look like he's coming no in. Chance. Yeah. <laughs> no chance! No chance! That would be pretty exciting. I think a lot of people also wanted to kind of impress the new boss and be, be there. And one of those things that that was noticed today, Felix Trammell tweeted about this. And I think I don't think this is why they did it, but this is kind of a funny coincidence. But they got rid of the the commander's name on the back of the jerseys. You know, the last few years oh, yeah. have been the commanders. Now they actually have the player names there. 
Is that kind of is that the name tape thing for the boss so he knows who's who, or <laughs> is this an evolution stoner of just where we're at as a franchise? It's for me. I'm the guy that can't recognize all these players yeah, unless true. they got the name on the back or true. the number. And sometimes even with the number, because they switch all the time now, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Curtis Samuel switched, right? Did the mm-hmm. Brown switch? And, you know, a bunch of people switched. Uh, and and I have to think, well, wait, who was that last year or this year? And then I look at, there was, you know, when the guys are coming in to the facility on yesterday, the first day, and they're in street clothes or whatever. And the guy's walking in, and and they're saying something, or whatever. And I'm just sitting there going. <laughs> and then it turns out, you know, it's like one of my favorite players. It's Cam Curl, and I'm going, yeah. <laughs> you know, good. Cam, good. Cam yeah. got a haircut recently, yeah. so yeah. yeah. Still, it, so I love that they have the names on the back. They had the one year of just saying, "Hey, we're gonna, you know, do this whole unity thing, and we're all commanders and all that." But but now it's got their name. But yeah, maybe it is for the owners. Maybe they said like. I don't know who anybody is, so I need everybody's name on the back. But you know, yeah. you recognize Chase, you recognize McClellan, you know, you recognize Tressway, the, big, yeah. the main dudes. <laughs> but you know, yeah. when Percy Butler comes uh, walking in, then I'm just like, ah, is that Percy Butler or is that is that uh, you know Wild Goose or something? Yeah. I don't know. Stoner has a has a great history with this, where he went yeah. up to Kendall Fuller's like yeah. guard. <laughs> Yeah, and his, was handler like, hey, his handler was just like, hey, can I get you on? He was like, yeah, I'm not Kendall Fuller, dude. <laughs> that there was, was so embarrassing. Ludman Fletcher comes up, and I'm I'm, oh I'm totally God. fanboying out and just like, oh, my God, it's the captain. It's London Fletcher. We got to get him on. He was like, I don't know who this is. I was like, how do you not know who London <laughs> Fletcher is? My man Stoner. Yeah, my man Stoner sent us a video he did, and he was just like, hey, I need to make sure I have all these people correctly uh, <laughs> yeah. because it was the Florida workout, and he was just like, I want to make sure I didn't misname us. Like, you got it, man. You got it all correct. I love that about our man Stoner. John in the chat as well saying he spends the first two weeks of the season asking his son, who is See? that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the new numbers, that's different. I like the name tape change i like having the players have their their name Mm -hmm. on there i joke that it's about josh harris but i think that what they've been trying to build with the commanders right in that mentality of like we're we're as one is they've already instilled that they don't need to continue hammering that home and so now they have their names back like they're and i think that they're they've learned the lesson to play as a team so i think that's a that's a big thing uh for them to have those back there so yeah and you know what uh you know what i think they should do though like if they have a guy who comes in and gets signed like like a michael badgley the kicker and who was the other that they signed byron uh, oh byron pringle right I think they should come in with just commanders on the back for like the first week or something. They gotta earn no, you got to earn You got to earn that last name on the back of your. Hey, that's not too uh, bad. I kind of like that idea. Hey. All I right. come up we, with them once in a while. We know that the commanders listen. Jason spends some of his uh, his driving time uh, listening to us. So there's an idea, Jason. Pitch it mm-hmm. to Ron. See if he if he likes it, and maybe they can, you can move that on going forward. There. Uh, let's. I buried the lead. Okay, we've talked right. about Josh Harris. We've talked about jerseys. None of that is nearly as important as our man Sam Howell. All right, got to make sure I get the oh, man. Stoner made me lower my music, so you can't yeah, barely was, hear the Howell. Yeah, that's there good. There, yeah. There we go. <laughs> so Sam Howell had himself. We got the board. Can we see the board? What do we board? Let's let's get this out of the way right now. Sam Howell, good day or bad day? Sam Howell tracker. The Sam Howell Tracker, Stoner's Sam Howell Tracker, July 26th, currently not marked good or bad. I want to hear in the comment section right now, if you're one of our people watching, make sure you hit that like button, but also get in the comment section. Did you think Sam Howell had a good day or a bad day? Bonus points if you tell us why. Mm, Nice. So I'm going to start off here, and I Mm -hmm. am, am completely biased. I am a howler. I think that he can be something special. I think he's going to have ups and downs, but I think he had a good day. I think the way, the poise he had, not even talking about on the field stuff, which I think he had a good day there too, but off the field, 
This man handled himself so well during his press conference. This is Mm -hmm. a second-year player, a fifth-round rookie last year. He's getting the QB1 job. And he's just saying all the right things during the press conference. He was he, he wouldn't asked about all of this going on. He said, I really don't care what other people say. I know mm-hmm. what I can do. That's mm-hmm. what Hal thinks about these experts and him being a fifth rounder and all this other stuff. He's like, I, that's all noise. Mm-hmm. That's what you want your your sophomore QB to be saying exactly. while he's throwing darts to Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Trev, before he gets to the board. Good day or bad day? Uh, good day. Just based off of what he said in his press conference, too, and everybody else is saying his, his footwork is light years ahead of than what it was at this time last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he felt like he took command, quote unquote, no pun intended, of the offense this, uh, this summer. Did a lot of reading, a lot of studying. Went down to Florida with all the boys, did some workouts, and I guess it translated to the field because Riverboat said it feels like they picked up right where they left off from OTAs and minicamp. So, According to all those reports and, like you said, his poise and his press conference, I'm saying he had a, a good day today. Well, we're, we're not alone in here. A lot of people in the comment section, Tommy T, good, didn't throw an interception. Commandalorian, same, good, no picks. TJ, good. Nicole, good. Uh, Commandalorian, Sam, the franchise, how if that is true, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> Jared Taylor saying, I heard he, uh, he did way good. Mm-hmm. Great day, says Steady Eddie. Good day, says Big E. Uh, Frankie P, a good day, very decisive and accurate. I like John's comment here also. There's a difference between confidence and cockiness. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I really felt he just exuded confidence. Mm-hmm. Right. He wasn't, he, he, he has a, a certain swagger to him, sure. where, but it's not, he knows he still has to prove it. And he said as much, right? He, know, he's, he knows that this is a big task ahead of him. And he knows that there's things that he has to do. But, I mean, he also tells us this coming from, again, a guy who's low, lower of 20s, second year in the league. And he's like, I'm in total command of this offense. And I believe him. Hmm. I do too. That's surprising that he would say, not, not that he would say that, but that he would even feel that, that he would be in total command of an offense that he just learned a couple well, months ago? it's probably similar to the one he ran in Carolina with all the RPO stuff. He's, he said that too, further. Trev, yeah. yeah. He said that the, he's loving all the R- RPO stuff that mm-hmm. Come on, the enemy is putting in because it's it's very familiar. There's a lot of similar concepts between that and what he ran in, in uh, North Carolina. So, mm-hmm. Trev, you're spot on there as far as – that uh, that's why he's just like, no, I got this. This is good. And you hear it from his teammates, too, that he's oh, yeah. he's doing it. You know, all the verbiage is not the same, though. Right. I sure. mean, the verbiage. Con- he said concepts. Yeah, he said concepts, concepts are, are probably all the same. Yeah. But this whole board came about because over the years, when we watch training camp or we tune in to what all the beat reporters are saying, you can hear in what they're saying when somebody is not playing well mm-hmm. but they won't say that they're not going to come out and just just kind of kill a guy and say Carson Wentz looked horrible today I don't know what they're going to do this season is doomed they're not going to do that but they'll say some things that you can pick up on and you can say okay today was not a good day for Carson Wentz mm-hmm. as an example so I kind of I like to keep track of good days bad days good days bad days so we're going to do that for every practice for Sam Howell this year so taking everything that everybody's saying here and everything that we are reading and all of that, I got my two markers here, obviously the good good day and we got the bad day. And everything we heard today, I think I'm going to have to throw out the bad day. <laughs> today, July 26th, is a good day. Let's mark I might have to. Uh, I'm surprised he's just not doing tally marks, but we'll 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 live with the X's there. That's <laughs> that's it's uh it's uh, I'll have to figure out. Also, I'll find a new sound for the the bad. I guess I could do the trombones, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it, it it was a good day for him. Uh, again, as people were saying, no interceptions. That wasn't the case uh, for his backups. Yeah, uh, Mel Willingham tweeting out that there was four interceptions. By the defense today, one for Brissett and three for Jake from State Farm. Mm. 
Yeah, that's not well, surprising. Good, yeah. As expected. <laughs> yeah, good, expected. yeah, yeah. I, I got no problem, but it is, I think that is valid. Look, Sam's going to throw a billion interceptions in camp this year. But if he doesn't throw interceptions during the course of a 90-minute practice, probably wasn't even that long the amount of time they were out there running plays, maybe 60 minutes. But if he doesn't throw any interceptions, you got to mark that up as being a really good day. He executed the offense and didn't throw any uh, interceptions. That's mm-hmm. a good day. The other guys we don't really care about, but it is kind of nice to keep track of them as well. I kind of yeah. feel like we don't have a, a QB1 battle anymore. I know it's the first day of training camp, but just the way with how everything's transpiring with Sam saying over the offseason and taking the boys on the Florida and then the first day, Jacoby Brissett, who was part of the Florida boys gang, throwing picks. I don't think it's a competition anymore. I think it was just smoke. Wow, you're ready to declare after one practice. One practice, Trev, and you're you're in. Stoner, I have to agree with them. The way, So it sounded like there was at least a reasonable competition. I'm not right. saying that Sam Howell – you even know that this is, is geared towards Sam Howell. Winning, yes, of course. Right, right? Right, right. So during the mini camps and during OTAs and everything – the you could hear how it was still kind of a battle mm-hmm. sure right today i don't know if it was sam Howell's press conference or right. just the the picks or whatever but it did not sound like a competition today today it sounded like sam Howell's qb1 and for the first time i think this year they meant it well how come and, the coaches don't say that i'm just they, curious i'm just playing devil's advocate i'm not advocating against Sam Howell's QB1. Why don't the coaches, i.e., who's the donkey in uh, Frank Reich down in Carolina? He said, Bryce Young is QB1. Let's just get that out of the way. And that's well, they I- still have never said that. They've always said he has the first shot at QB1. Well, Bryce Young is also Bryce Young. Okay, but I'm just asking, why doesn't this team do that? Yeah. Because... I- they want the competition, right? They they do. I'm, and I'm not saying that there's not still the veil of a competition stoner. What I'm saying is today seemed like the first day where, you, you know, they've danced around the he's QB1. This day really felt like it was a Sam Howell day where it was just mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, he's this is our QB1. And there was, mm-hmm. again, we talked about Sam's confidence, but it felt like there was just a lot of confidence with, people watching practice, people at practice, people coaching practice, that Sam Howe was it. I mean, you have Rivera, who was very pleased with practice. It was short, by the way, Stoner, nine, about 90 minutes. Right. Um, but that but, includes, like, the, the warm-ups. Yeah, that. that's that's yeah. the large process. I don't I – don't, not surprised. These so here's days my question. Here's my question, though, Nathan, is that when, when Ron was asked about <laughs> the most important part of this training camp and this off season and getting ready for the season. And Ron says, it's obvious it's the quarterback position and it's, can Sam Howell show the growth and the development and can Jacoby Brissett continue to do the thing? Why does he got to mention Jacoby Brissett? Why because doesn't he say for, Sam Howell? Because we signed him a contract that's. I don't care <laughs> if he's QB two. We yeah. don't care what he's doing. Listen back to that stoner. If we have the audio, I'd love to pull it up again. But it, it, to me, because I, I did catch that clip, hmm. and to me, it absolutely, again, this is where I'm just talking about how this actually sounds like they, they're they starting to believe Sam Howell's QB1, not, not this we're forced to start him type deal or we're going to start him because we need to know what we got out of him. But he goes on and he talks about how, yeah, that Sam's development is going to be the key to the season. And this is mm-hmm. what's what's important. And all, he goes goes on about Sam. And then he's just like, oh, yeah. And then like Jacoby Brissett, because he knows <laughs> he has to tack something on because he's why again, because there's the veil of the competition. Yes. You know, it's a why farce. does he need the veil of the this, competition? This, this just it's Sam Howells. <laughs> if he's your man. He's your man. John says Brissett got him a really nice fruit basket. Okay. Well, you got you got to you gotta, you gotta say that. something nice about yeah. him if he brings yeah. you a fruit basket. So, I, I'm but, just trying to play devil's advocate. I'm not trying to, you know, stir up oh, any no, controversy. Yeah. I'm not trying to say Jacoby Brissett 
it should have a chance or should be. I'm just saying that I don't understand why this coaching staff just doesn't go out there and just say, Sam is the guy. We're putting everything into Sam and giving him every opportunity to to succeed. But he's our QB1. Jacoby's the backup. You got to get Jacoby ready just in case anything happens with Sam. But Sam's the guy. And they just haven't done that. And that just baffles me a little bit. Frankie pointing out there's history here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ron came in. He gave the job to to Dwayne Haskins. That's because Dan told him to, but okay. Okay. Fitzpatrick gets picked up and they give like he was going to be QB one. They really didn't didn't have anything else behind uh, him. Then they pick up Carson and they just give the job to Carson. Frankie saying Ron's learned the lesson. He's just like, let there be, Mm. you know, let there be a mindset. And we have heard that from Ron Rivera when his QB of choice has failed. He's like, no, we, we have a competition and, and we need to, you know, do this. So is there any way and John pointing out, this is just Ron's way of challenging players is there any way, Stoner, for us to convince you, besides the fact that you know that this is a farce of a competition, mm-hmm. that we're just going to continue going through with the competition and he's QB1 and they believe that, but they're just going through with the, the competition moniker? Is there any way you're going to, yeah. you guys are going to convince me? Yeah. I'm sure there's no convinced? way you guys are going to convince me or anybody. They'll, the, the staff will convince me if they come out and say something like that, but they just, they just never put, all of their confidence and all of their their backing to Sam Howell as QB1. That's If they would just say that, it would probably make me feel a little bit better about QB1 and their Sam confidence in him. QB1. Because right now, it just seems like they're always couching it just a little bit to say, yeah, we all want Sam to be number one. Sure. But... We're not going to say that so that Jacoby will continue to work and maybe he, he can be number one. Yeah. Stop with the all the nonsense. Just tell me Sam's QB1. And if you're not, I got to know why. I'm going to give a prediction, Stoner. Okay. I don't think that they're going to solidify publicly hmm. the position until after the co-practices with the Baltimore Ravens. Once they do that, once they, once Sam Howell goes through that process and shows you that he is option number one, Mm -hmm. I think they'll come out and publicly say it until then. I think that we'll have this kind of song and dance of Sam is developing and we, 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 he's got the QB one position for now and Jacoby does good things and, all this other stuff. But as soon as that Ravens pack practice, all that finishes up and Sam Howell's done everything he needs to, I think that's when we're going to get that public backing. What if he doesn't? What if he doesn't do everything he's supposed to? Are he's they still, still going to name him? Yes. Well, then just name him. <laughs> if he doesn't have to do anything uh... to prove it, if he goes to Baltimore and he doesn't do all those things that you want him to do, then why wait till then? Why do you just do it? Just let's just let's just my, get all this nonsense. My man out of the Stoner way. went into another octave there, Trev. <laughs> he went into an entirely different. Uh, all right, let's Sam Howe. Great day. We love to see it. We're going to be yes. seeing more. We'll Agreed. see what what it is. Um, I'm not even really going to touch on the Netflix thing here, uh, but there was some hoopla because you know who on on X tweeted. It I think it's still matter. called Twitter. It's Twitter, but it's, it's just that's a whole it's a whole shenanigans. I'm not even yeah. going to get into it. Uh, but Hal was asked about it. He says he wants to pass. Moving on, we're going to pass on that topic as well. Um, Sam Howell wasn't the only big name uh, in practice today. Our man Chase Young Trev showed back up and looked ready to roll and didn't uh, practice with a knee brace. What do you make of Chase Young and his return to physical form? Super freak, bro. Mm. Um, I, I, and I honestly think that not picking up the fifth-year option for him is extra fuel and extra motivation for him. 
to go stronger, mm-hmm. go harder, and get back to where he was when we drafted the number two overall. Um, I know they're just hype videos. I know it's, you know, just his walkouts, and they can only see certain clips, but that man looks like he is in tip-top shape. No knee brace, bro? That's Adrian Peterson style. Like, that's mm-hmm. other than Adrian, Adrian Peterson, no one's come back from a torn ACL, a blown-out knee like that. What, Stoner? <laughs> <laughs> what? What? I was looking at something. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, it, he should be without an e-brace. It's been two years almost. So that's that's all I'm saying. Adrian Peterson did it in less than a year. It's taken him two years to finally shed the brace and be fully healthy. Good Lord, it took forever. But cool. Hope he balls out. <laughs> and anyways, <laughs> um, Nathan, like I was saying, <laughs> there's there's her Debbie Downer. Hey, again. I wasn't gonna say anything. Tread prompted me. I had to. I'm 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 seeing five. Too, some though. more sacks. Nothing less than that this year. Um, just a good sign to see that he's back and interested and ready to get back on the field and help his teammates win. So I'm ready. He is. Yeah. It is nice to see him without the without the yes. and and he looks fully healthy. He looks yes. totally in shape. He looks motivated. Yes, he, it's everything that you can ask for. He had the brace back in OTAs, which mm-hmm. wasn't that long ago, about a couple months ago, and he's not wearing it today. That's all nothing but positive. It's nothing but positive signs. So seeing him missing OTAs that were voluntary, <laughs> right? <laughs> To get his mind and body right is paying off right now, as you see on the first day of training camp. So proud of you, Chase. I'm glad you stuck with your workout. Trying to dig it up old argument there. It's it's not just the like people might remember seeing pictures. Like that brace was that was a whole mechanical thing going on there. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like a like a little sleeve that he had over his leg, although we've seen some of the workout videos where he was wearing a sleeve, but like his brace was, was a whole contraption. So it's really nice because he's got this athleticism for him to shed that and kind of be there. We, he's always looked apart. He's always looked phenomenal. He's always been a, a great teammate and very friendly. He's very, he's, he's this bigger than life personality. Mm-hmm. Now we hopefully get to see this translate with a defense that has been ranked so highly and and there's stats coming out all out the woodworks about how just great this defense was last year. And now they add a couple more picks. Now they're getting a healthy chase young back and it's going to be exciting to see where we land and what impact we have there on defense. Uh, Hopefully we'll have our man Deron Payne as the team announced that Deron Payne did not practice due to a minor toe injury Mm-hmm. Trev, any alarm bells going off? A, a small, tiny one, hmm. because toe injuries, as minor as they are, are very um, tedious and in particular. So it can start off as minor, can up, can end up being turf toe, which will hold people out for a long time too. So there is a tiny alarm, but since they're coming out saying very minor, maybe it's just a ingrown toenail or. You know, just he tweaked it or something. But yeah, a small alarm is definitely going off. Definitely. So any alarms for you? No, don't get mad at me because you think I'm jinxing or whatever. But there really hasn't been any injury issues with with the team ah. coming in. When you see it with all these other teams and guys are getting hurt in non-contact, they're getting hurt in OTAs, <laughs> they're getting you hit on. I know you prefaced it by saying you're not jinxing it, but you're jinxing yeah. it. You told I'm, me I'm I jinxed the Terry McLaurin. We're booing him. Can't, you told me I jinxed Terry McLaurin two years ago and last year, and it didn't jinx. <laughs> He's got time. It doesn't necessarily have to Oh, so something I say three years ago, if something bad it happens. Will it, yes, it will be blamed on you, Stoner. It will be blamed on you. Armani Rogers says hi. Tommy he a, <laughs> he's a wow. fifth-string tight end, okay? <laughs> That's what I mean by – we haven't had any major issues uh, nah, you're right. with injuries, sure. with holdouts, with yeah. Uh, yeah, with contract disputes. Which you thought None there might have been by the time training camp got here, but they got done. Right. So so again, it's it's very drama free. It's very everyone's jumping on this bandwagon because everything seems to be going well. And of course it all comes down to one Sam Howell and how he plays. But it it 
does seem that way that everything seems to be there, there's nothing that we're looking at that we're, we're we're worried about for this year in terms of all that outside distraction which is which is great which you don't have to worry about uh, uh you know guys holding out Dallas has that issue right the giants were dealing with it with Saquon and Josh Jacobs is the right yeah guys who are hurt who got hurt in the offseason all that we haven't had to deal with any of that so far. So that's great. So, but to kind of, that was the long winded answer of, <laughs> no, I'm not worried about a minor toe injury on sure. July 26th when the season starts in mid September. So no, I'm not worried that's, about that's it. That's fair. Six uh, weeks away. Tommy T saying a uh, fifth string tight end playing like a second street tight end last year. He actually had as many catches as our fourth string wide receiver. So, I mean, there's some impact there. Uh, and of course he had a couple of those rushes as well. Two rushes. He's very promising. Catches. He's a very I, promising yeah. player, but he's not yeah. impactful at yeah. all. Not no disagreement there. Stoner. Yeah. There are some people who are going to make an impact. And you talked about the bandwagon. Ron Rivera is starting to go a little choo-choo on the Sadiq Charles uh, left guard bandwagon. Hmm. Are you a believer, Trev, of Sadiq Charles getting those reps out at uh, left guard? Yeah, a small, small one. I mean, he's kind of stuck it out all of his like this whole his whole career here, going out with a blown knee in his first year, and then pretty much getting benched and replaced last year. Now he gets another chance to showcase what he's about because. I know it was a while ago, but he was Joe Burrow's left-hand guy back there in LSU. They won the they won the championship, and hmm. we brought him here for that reason. It just it just sucks that he started off on the injury list and just kind of built his way back up. But it's kind of good because this is what you want, right? You want these guys that you pick later in the rounds to start their development level to reach where it is now, like the yeah. first year expectations, like whatever. Second year, show some progress. This year, third, fourth year, like. He's getting a chance to showcase what he can do after all those years of being hurt and everything, getting his body right and getting developed more. So I think it's a great opportunity for him. And I'm pretty high on it because he was Joe Burrow's left-hand guy in college. So we'll see if we can do it. The the talent's been there. And I mean, I remember him being projected in the first round. He fell down to the fourth, similar to Sam Howell, the QB he would now be protecting. Uh, Stoner, that might mean that that, there's you know kind of a reason for both. Now, injuries really played a part here in Sadiq Charles' early career, and they've kind of talked about, the team's talked about how that's it, right? Like, he's got the talent. He just needs to stay healthy, and we'll see. Him at left guard is a little bit of a change as he's kind of bounced around and tried the tackle positions. Mm-hmm. Do you like Sadiq Charles at the left guard? I know you're a Chris Paul guy. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm a Chris Paul guy, but that's based off of, one game and just like <laughs> Sam Howell, you can't judge a guy based on one game. He had a very good Dallas game, but we weren't there watching him practice every single day like the coaches were. Yeah. But Sadiq Charles is a very intriguing prospect. As you say, he should have been a or could have been a first rounder, fell all the way to the fourth, has done really nothing other than be uh, a depth piece and come in at certain times. But I thought it was very interesting in Ron's pre camp presser, which was yesterday. When he was asked generically about the offensive line, he mentioned Sadiq Charles twice in two different questions that were asked of him on basic offensive line questions. He didn't ask, nobody asked him about Sadiq Charles. Right. But Ron brought up Sadiq Charles and talked about how he has this great opportunity to, to take over that left guard position. These are the kinds of things that I was talking about when you just kind of you, you parse words and sentences out of guys to kind of hear what they're saying, even mm-hmm. though they're not really saying it. And that, to me, said that they think Sadiq Charles is going to be their left guard, mm-hmm. and they're really hoping that he just grabs it in camp this year. Because, I mean, otherwise, why didn't he mention Chris Paul? Or why didn't he mention Brandon Jacobs, the, the rookie fifth-rounder? Well, I think that's his name, Brandon Dawkins, Brandon, Brandon... I think you got it right the first Jacobs. Time. Jacobs, Brandon Jacobs yeah. reminds me of a running back or something. Now you're going to make it. Right. Brandon Jacobs from the Giants. Yeah. Is it Brand? I can't even remember. Brandon Hawkins? Brandon. Brandon Daniels. Daniels. <laughs> Brandon Daniels. I was way off. <laughs> you're like uh, Jim Carrey. 
Yeah. Samsonite. Samsonite. Yes, Samsonite. Braden Daniels. He didn't mention any of those guys, but he specifically mentioned Sadiq Charles. So I think he's got a great shot to solidify that spot. And by the way, this is his fourth year, right? You even talked about it. Fourth year. His birthday's today. He's 24. Yeah, he's a young guy. He's not like, it's not like he's 27, 28, 29 or whatever. He's He's 24. So he, all that development, you could totally be mm-hmm. right that mm-hmm. he's just now kind of getting it and realizing what it takes. And, and hopefully, hopefully he does take over that left guard spot. Yeah. John is not a believer uh, saying <laughs> as a Sadiq funny. is French for turnstile. Uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty that good one. Uh, and then uh, we got, Oops, this sorry. is a, a pessimistic, uh, nor are one of our normal pessimists in here saying, hit that like button. I'm late, but I'm fired up about the season. Let's go. If you can convince Roger here to get fired up about the season, I, I think good things are coming. Because Hold on, Roger, that's Roger? That's Roger. He, uh, he changed his name a couple of weeks back. Oh, okay. Nice. Yes. <laughs> if, if Roger can be excited. Yeah. If we can get Roger and Gregory True. both. I think we might we might have to put money down on hey. on winning the Super Bowl. We might <laughs> have will, to right? do that if we can get both of them on the on the hype train here. Uh, both very much realists. We appreciate both of you. And yes, do listen. Uh, hit that like button uh, for us while you're out there watching the show. There's lots of things to like. I like and love hearing Antonio Gibson talk mm-hmm. about in his press conference about the role he's going to play in this offense because I think he's going to get unleashed here. Gibby saying he feels his role this year is more of a third down back role like J.D. McKissick was in years past. And you know how much we all loved and hyped up some J.D. McKissick. Mm-hmm. How hype are you, Stoner, about Gibby in this third down role? Let me let me turn the tables on you, Nathan, because mm-hmm. you are a Gibson guy. Are you not surprised that Gibson said that he believes his role is as a third down back, like uh, like JD McKissick, rather than an every down back, like he has been his first three years? I, I think it's in line with what we have been hearing from him this year, right? Like we've heard. This year, we talked about it during one of the Daily Commanders updates where his mindset last year was he's the bell cow back. He's a running back. He's, you know, he's going to take that to this year. He's like, get me in space. Let me do damage. And I think a lot of it comes in the fact that this is another player who is who realizes he is coming up on a contract year. Mm-hmm. Running back market is abysmal. You can't no one's paying the top running backs in the game right now. And Antonio Gibson needs to find his niche. And J.D. McKissick found his niche and was signed and kept around. And these are the things that I think that he's playing in his head. He doesn't need to be a bell cow back that's going to get 230 carries. He wants to get touches and he wants to be explosive off off those touches. Mm -hmm. And if he puts together a season like J.D. McKissick did, uh, his first year where he attempts 85 rushes mm. and catches 80, 80 balls. I think we're going to see a very successful Antonio Gibson. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. Uh, I, I would like to see him being every down back be- just because of his explosiveness. But I, w- I so I was kind of surprised. Look, there is value to being a third down back, but there's also that means you're only you're not on the field as much because you're you're only on there on third downs and you're not necessarily there um you know if it's if it's third and one you might not even be in there because you're still going to have like a b rob trying to push the pile mm-hmm. so i was a little bit surprised that he said that but i don't have any problem with it either all right uh how about how about you there trev and then we'll get to our, our uh, Frank's uh, super chat. I'm going to put a little spice on it and say Uh-oh. this is smoke code, code talk saying this is mm. your last chance of producing or else you go on next year. Because mm. like you, Nathan said, you went from being a bell cow and now you're a third down end of half end of game situation type player. 
which means we're only going to call on you if it's like third and six, third and seven, third and eight, or we got to get down and score a field goal before the half, or we got to get down and score a field goal or a touchdown to win the game. That's cool because you have your own specialty role, but to go from a starting running back now down to a third down back end of game into pass situation player, mm-hmm. that's me. To me, that's them saying, look, we tried you at running back one. You're great, but B-Rob is, is good, and we got that Rodriguez guy now, too, that could probably be every down back. S- maybe. Yeah. Second, Remains we don't have a pass-catching running back. We don't want to make B-Rob be it all around, like, the bell cow and the pass-catching running back, so you're going to do that. That way, like you said, Nathan, he can get out in space and create plays, explosive plays as a slot receiver that he was in, in college back in Memphis, but – I also think this is a little bit of a preview of the writings on the wall for for Gibby because mm-hmm. we've seen B Rob do that, um, and the reports coming out saying he's he's done a lot more pass catching this off season than he did last off season, so that's a plus. But I do think that this is Gibby's last chance to be somebody of value in the offense. Yeah, I'm under off. no. I I understand that Gibby is not going to be with Washington next season. Right. There's there's Agreed. just not a scenario in my head that plays out that he sticks around. Right. Even if, if he has, has a big year. If if he has a big year, he's definitely not staying with. Yeah. If, if he has a stinky yeah. year, he's not they're not going to keep him. There's like this weird middle ground where he has to be just good enough but not mm-hmm. too good to stay. Cuz if he's if he has a fantastic year, th- he he's just they're going to move on from him because mm. somebody else is going to pay him some good money to to do that because that's what that's how the running back market is sure the so but you don't want him to have a bad year because if he has a bad year then you're just not gonna really you know want to keep him around i mean if he has a a clyde edwards hilarious year where 71 rushes 300 yards you know okay uh but then receiving wise only 17 catches like you're like what am i really doing here now is a Jarek McKinnon type year where 72 rushes for 290 yards, 91 yards, but 70 or 56 catches for 512 yards. Is that good enough? You know, or are you shopping around after that? So the, that's a pedestrian type. It is. It's stats. just an, okay. That's yeah. why I thought that, you know, 80 rushes for 365 was JD McKissick's first year here with us. 4.3 clip again, just okay. But then 80 catches for 589 yards, not a lot as far as the the yardage is concerned, mm-hmm. but at least a, a reliable, yeah, reliable target out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. And I hear what you're saying, Trev. You're seeing a lot of B Rob starting to catch, which I love. And I think that's a great move because mm-hmm. anytime you saw B Rob or Williams out there, you're like, okay, it's it's gonna be running or they're gonna do a play action. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But you know the running back isn't an actual threat. With Gibby out there, it was pretty much always like, okay, this is either going to be a failed run up the middle or it's going to be this awful screen because Scott Turner couldn't scheme up a proper uh, – and they couldn't execute one last year. Mm-hmm. you know, Or he might be, like I said, a, a, a pass-catching back back there. But it was just like – it was so obvious what they could do. And – I think that this group here, and we had um, Code Talker asking here, which running back fits into the scheme better. I think you're going to see a lot of what EB did in Kansas City, where you have uh, Isaiah Pacheco, who is B-Rob, who's going to get the bulk of the carries as far as rushing, still be, you know, they're going to try to fit in a couple receiving things here. There's only 14 targets for Isaiah last year. Uh, but then you're going to have the McKinnon role that is going to be Gibby's to win or lose or kind of explode into. But I think that mm-hmm. he has that potential to explode. Stoner, do you think this along those same lines or are you thinking differently? No, I think that's exactly right. I think that's what Biennemi's specialty is, supposed to be his specialty, is understanding what each of these guys can do and then taking advantage of that. We all know Pacheco was a sixth or seventh rounder. Seventh rounder, yeah. He was a seventh rounder, right? And uh, McKinnon, was he even – he was like a receiver at some point, I think. I don't know. He's just a versatile – he's like Mm -hmm. Gibson. Yeah. And B-Rob is like Pacheco, like like you said. And if he can design the proper offense to get these guys to do what they do best, 
then he's definitely going to do that. And so it could be that he's not necessarily a J.D. McKissick where he just comes in on third downs, but he's the type of back like J.D. McKissick, which is a screen guy, you know, bubble screen guy, a regular screen guy, a dump it out to the guy out in the flat type guy, then I think he can take advantage of those talents and, and, and it'll really help. Yeah. Got to use the speed that this team has. Mm-hmm. Uh, also Frank right here with the super chat, $5. Thank you. That was a little pathetic. We're going to, there we go. That's a little bit better. Uh, Frank right here, $5 super chat. We appreciate you, Frank, for, uh, for jumping in there and supporting the channel. Of course, everyone can support just by hitting that like button. But if you want to give us uh, money, that also goes a long way to make sure that we're outfitted properly here. Uh, Frank saying, Armani Rogers is better than Thomas. It's Rogers, Turner, then Thomas. That's, is Frank EP's burner account? (laughs) Because that sounds like EP right there. She is not on the Logan Thomas train. Logan Thomas also without the brace today, gentlemen. Uh, So kind of also a big step for him coming back. Yes, sir. I'm with Frank in the fact that I'm not a huge Logan Thomas believer. I have not ever been uh, big on the Logan. I think that he is decent, uh, but I call him decidedly mediocre. He's like the poster Mm. boy for it. He's, Mm. he's like your 15th best tight end. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Right. It's just like people hype him up. Like people hype him up. Like he's, you know, one of the top three tight ends. And that's just not the case here. Armani Rogers, I think showed us those flashes, but he never put it together. And Cole Turner, I do. I would not put Cole Turner right this second above Logan Thomas. Would either one of you? No, no. I would not put either of those guys above Logan no. Thomas. No, you go they the have the potential. Yeah, sure, they have the promising. Uh, right, they have the promise. But right now, uh, no, I mean, no, Logan, Logan Thomas there. did more in practice today than Cole Turner and Armani Rogers have done done in their entire career combined. True. You know what I mean? Is Logan Thomas is an established veteran who mm. is good at what he does. Cole Turner had six catches last year, whatever it was. Yeah. Armani Rogers had like five or four. Yeah, five catches, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? They 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 haven't done it yet. Do True. they have the potential to be better than Logan Thomas? Both of them do. They they're younger, they have better skills, but they haven't done anything yet. John Bates should be on the list. He's not even mentioned, which is I love Beast and John he's Bates, a guard. but he he's, he is not he's a guard. guard. Yeah, he he's he's yeah. an ex, he's an extended tackle. Uh, but yeah, extended tackle. he's honestly, I think Bates has some soft hands, and he's not bad. Uh, he's definitely the the wish or dollar store version of. Mm-hmm. Um, some don't better keep, tight end. on John Bates. He's gonna leave oh, all tight ends. I, I love, I love John Bates. I love him, but he's he's definitely on the slower end of uh, things. I think Logan Thomas with a knee brace is still faster than John Bates. And how many times and, were we screaming at Scott Turner when he would throw a screen to uh, to John Bates? What do you do? You're throwing a screen to the slowest guy on the team. What are we doing? We caught it. He, he, he caught, caught it, it, and then he, he had no blockers. A yeah. and, a half. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody Tom, caught up to him. Tommy T is a uh, <laughs> Thomas fan. TJ as well, saying he likes Logan. He's just older. Uh, Steady Eddie agreeing with you, Trev. Bates above Logan. Mm. Overall, yeah. I would probably put Bates above Logan, but that's also because I just value Bates as a blocker so much. Mm. Yeah. And I think that he's an effective pass catcher. Cole Turner, by the way, with two catches last year. But um, um, yeah, and probably less blocks. <laughs> I saw him in the Dallas game. Yeah, he totally he's not a blocker. Block. He is not a blocker. Bates oh, last year with 14 receptions on 108 yards. Man, uh, 20, 20 last year. Yeah, he's not a pass catcher. He's much more of a blocker. But I do appreciate the blocking that he get in there. Uh, Frank Wright, if they had a more detailed role, we would be having a different conversation. That's fair. We'll but see. We'll see how this year goes. Of course, Armani Rogers is going to miss this year with his injury, uh, which is a shame. I wanted to see more from him, and I think that he would have been dynamic. Healthy Logan, though, that might be something for Washington to watch out. This is a six foot five, you know, 
guy who could be a great potential uh, option for for Washington. That was day one of training camp. Mm. Oh man, we got we got like twenty five more of these or something. Uh, like that. That is so awesome. exciting! Can you believe we're here? Back. Can you believe that that whole off se- the off season is gone? Yep. It, to me, this was one of the faster moving off seasons than I can remember. Because usually we're just kind of sitting around waiting, waiting, waiting for camp, and now it's here. I can't believe it's here already. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty stoked it's that. Alive. Yeah, all of a sudden we're here and we're playing football, and I think the Hall of Fame game is like next weekend. It's Not coming weekend, up. It's <laughs> next weekend. It's pretty. It's coming up pretty close. Man, we got preseason. <laughs> this is the yeah. last weekend, I believe, without football until like february sometime in february someone needs to where's gus bus with the fact check that's uh oh oh, that you can try try me gus that's a fact next weekend is the hall of fame game and then preseason starts after that i'm i i need someone to to do this one fact check him for me real quick trout saying the offseason went by way too fast I don't know if I agree that it's way too fast because I do get just I want football to happen. I do think there's a lot of things in this offseason that kind of helped. There was the sale of the team. Mm. There was XFL, USFL. Even if you didn't watch it, there's at least football content. Right. And then, you know, I think that might be why it kind of felt a little bit quicker. We'll see if next year, hopefully next year, the offseason's a little bit shorter. Because mm, we're playing a little bit longer. Yeah, hopefully that's the case. If we're going to play a little bit longer, we're going to be relying on some of the star talent we have here in D.C. One of those cracking the NFL top 100. That's our topic here in the cool down. So stick with us. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks. That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.